All right, hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Rescue Bots podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And this is episode 316, and that's the bottom line, because Stasis Pod said so. <laughs> Glass breaking. Oh no, someone someone just uh, broke in here, uh, uh, gave me a stone-cold stunner, now there's beer everywhere. <laughs> oh. Sure. What? Uh, ah, so yeah, this is uh, this is episode fifty-five of Transformers Rescue Bots, uh, third episode of the third season, and it is too many Cades. So many Cades. So many Cades. Uh, written by <laughs> Brian Holfeld, who is a frequent Rescue Bots writer. Uh, last seen uh, writing Rescue Dog. Aww. The uh, the episode in which we learn that you should definitely microchip your pets. <laughs> Absolutely. Very important. Also, if you find a pet that is lost, take it to the vet and check it for a microchip. Now, the question is, what if you find uh, multiple uh, disturbing copies of a pet? I did have that that litter of kittens that were like four almost identical black ones. Mm. So I, I have definitely had duplicate pets before, but they, you know, we just put different collars on them so you could tell them apart. And then their mom would take the collars off. <laughs> so that wasn't very helpful. Well, you dress them up like little Santas, Aww. call them the multiple Santas. And then, then foster them out. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> we did do that episode of The Tick, didn't we? Yes. I guess we, we did, did the Multiple Santas. Okay. I know we did a episode. I thought it was the Multiple Santas. Yes. Yeah, it was that one. For a holiday special. So meanwhile, we open on an exciting match of hoop ball. <laughs> it's like me talking about sports. No, it would be like me... Pretending like being an asshole talking about sports. <laughs> like, nice sports ball, buddy. Except they're being sincere about it because they yeah. are robots from space. Yeah, it is, uh, it is basketball. Of course, this is, this will, this can never be the greatest, uh, Transformers playing basketball scene as at no point is Optimus Prime dunk. Yes. <laughs> Actually, where is Optimus Prime? Uh, he's gone back. Uh, he's, he's gone back to Beyond Prime. Okay. Did he? I mean, I guess that makes sense. Did they say that? Did I, I miss him so. saying that? And it's interesting to think that he just like pieced out between episodes of Prime and like spent a little time as a dinosaur and never told anybody. <laughs> yeah. I bet he told Ratchet. Well, yeah, yes, you have to tell your medical practitioner about any recent things you've contracted, like dinobotism. Dino DNA. Dino DNA. Listen, did you use an antivirus program when you scanned that dino DNA? <laughs> now we got the penicillin shots. Yeah, you would, I just would have expected him to, like... You know, say goodbye at the end of the episode. Uh, 
Anyway, there there is an upcoming charity tournament between the uh, the teachers and the rescue workers, and Cade is it's not going, going so well with Cade because Cade, unsurprisingly, will not pass. <laughs> I just want to point out that that seems like an extremely unfair sport event, just because one of those two groups is known for maintaining a pretty decent baseline level of physical fitness. Uh, and the other does not have that as an important part of their role. I so mean, you, you could just send in the gym teachers. I guess. I guess that would be fair. Thinking about gym teachers I've had, they didn't look like they were in that great shape. Well, and also one of these one of these teams apparently includes Cody, who is like a child. <laughs> yeah. I guess there's that. That does sort of bring down the 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 baseline there. And uh, of course, arranging this thing was uh, was Haley, uh, Cade's on and off love interest. <gasps> Yay! And uh, still voiced here by uh, by Winnie Cooper herself, Danica, McC- Danica McKellar. Nice. Yep. Winnie, Co- what the hell? Did we show know that this? she was a teacher prior to this? I guess yes, I believe she mentioned she was a kindergarten teacher. Okay. Oh. I believe she may have compared Cade unfavorably with her kindergartners. That's that's fair. Unfavorably, but entirely fairly. Uh, Winnie Cooper's from the, the Wonder Years. Yes. Oh, okay. oh she, she's Miss Martian on Young Justice. Oh, oh no. Hello, Megan, indeed. Ah, <laughs> uh, I, I... Of all the, like, repeated catchphrases of cartoon characters that I have seen... That line annoys me the most, and I can't entirely express why. <laughs> Something about it. It's like, or it just reminds me of someone I hated. Oh, it's weird. But, that, like, for a character I should like on... Because I enjoyed that show, but I hated her. Aw, I liked her in the comics. <sighs> oh, and my I read Teen Titans right for a while. That was one of my handful of dalliances into the DC side of things was reading Teen Titans in the aughts. Did Sean, is that when Sean McKeever was writing it? Uh, before, but also when he was writing it. I was okay. already reading it when he started on it. So Okay. Anyway, while this is happening, uh, they get a call from Mrs. Needlemander. It is, of course, about her cat. And, uh, you know... Since we had an agreement well, that yes. you wouldn't call every time he got stuck up a tree. But it is, but it isn't about Mr. Pettipaws. This is Schrodinger's Pettipaws call. Yes. Uh, if anybody's seen The Prestige, <laughs> they're all your cat, Mrs. Needlemander. <laughs> oh... This is my life. But so, yeah, yeah they, first before they can before they can leave, uh, Cade totally blows it with Haley. So yes, good does. job, Cade. And, and she uh, rides off on her hover scooter. <laughs> so of course they're trying to figure out why uh, exactly there are multiple copies of Mister Leaderlander up in the or of Mister Pettipaws up in this tree, 
And uh, luckily, Doc Green drops by to tell them that he's been tinkering with the nightmare imaging device uh, back from Blame the Gremlins, the one that made a bunch of nightmare gremlins. <laughs> and uh, now it's causing waking thoughts to uh, to manifest himself. I believe when he shows up, the chief says something about them assuming he's he had something to do with this. Yes. More of you. <laughs> because, yeah, this this is a Doc Green problem. I mean, for, for an island that started out feeling like it had a bunch of mad scientists on it, Doc Green is the maddest of mad scientists that it usually is stuff. He's the one causing the most problems. I mean, listen, if you have a machine that brings nightmares to life, you probably should, I don't know, throw it in the ocean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he, he, he was trying to create daymare things with it. It's it, it, like, better use his evil for good or something. Well, now he's created but photonic yeah. life, life forms. Yeah, he's created a, a device that makes emergency feline programs. He has created a massive ethical dilemma is what he has created that I feel is never fully addressed by this episode. No, we really don't find out how alive these things are. No, this is some, this is some JB Madrox bullshit going on here and I don't know how to I'm, feel about it. Trying not to think, I'm, I'm thinking it on the basic level of please state the nature of the emotional emergency. Per, <laughs> they're they're just like holograms. They're not real because by taking the, the, these little collars off of them, they blip out of existence. Despite the fact that, as they say, they're basically perfect copies of Petty Paws and think and act like Petty Paws, including going to his favorite tree and yeah, so also causing allergies. Yes. Also, they they refer to them as copycats, which is very clever, and also yeah. gave me flashbacks to two episodes ago. <laughs> Go back to the kid video episode. Oh, that's so, such a weird show. Such a weird show. Hanna Barbera level writing, but such a good show. Such a weird uh, so show. Anyway, in the, in the process of this rescue, uh, Cade gets soaked by Heatwave's water jets, which uh, messes up his comlink. That will definitely not be a plot point at any point. No. We're just, that happened and now we're going to forget about it. And of course, uh, Mr. Pettipaws himself is very averse to all these clones and he won't come outside. Yeah, he's freaked out by multiple hymns. To be fair, basically Mr. Pettipaws is having the most rational explanation to all of this. Or uh, most rational response to all of this. This is... Yeah, this is not okay. There's a whole bunch of hymns. They're doing things that he enjoys. There is an ethical dilemma going on, and he is not having it. I'm just going to stay inside. Yes. Very relatable. And then, of course, uh, Mrs. Nederlander is extremely ungrateful when they actually do get rid of these cats. Of course. Mm. So we cut now to the lab where... Uh, Doc Green is going to show them how to do this. Uh, Cade is eating what I initially believed was a bagel with cream cheese. <laughs> yeah, no, it looks like it. Well, unless it's an all everything bagel because it's got stuff on top of it. Well, I thought it was a. Yeah, it's a I, and I thought donut. it was cream cheese with like stuff in the cream cheese. But they later say it's a donut, which is, which makes sense because he just tucks this into his coat. I mean, that doesn't. Yeah, that makes it doesn't less make sense. more sense to tuck a donut into your coat than a bagel. I mean, if the bagel has cream cheese, though. You'd be getting cream cheese all over the inside of your coat, which, uh, admittedly, does the only sign Cade would do. 
Donut has icing and it's way more moist. That's going to be more of a problem. And that icing has sort of a glaze to it. Yeah, which means <laughs> when it gets warm, it's going to get really freaking sticky. Uh, that's true. Oh, it's going to be nasty. I mean, with the cream cheese, I mean, if you put it in, a, in like a tissue or a napkin or something, the, the cream cheese should be fine in your pocket. No, that but icing that, that, is not safe in in a pocket. That donut, if it's above 60 degrees, is going to be fucked. It's not good. It's not a good situation. Anyway, so they, they decide to test this on Cade uh, for some reason. Yes, I do not know why nobody objects to this. <laughs> but before they can do so, uh, a fuse blows, and there's also an emergency call in which there is a uh, which a rock slide has hit the bridge uh, down an old canyon road, which is not the Little Nas X song. <laughs> Close, almost, almost there. So yeah, there's there. oh Old Town Road. Okay, yes. there there, there I, is. I, I, I forgot the name of that musician. It's like I'm bad with music. So there's not a there's a, a rescue scene that is not terribly exciting as the rocks have already fallen, and also Kate no one is, has died. Kate continues to be extremely obnoxious. Yes. Also, this is a like I wouldn't have trusted this bridge even before the rocks fell on it. No, this is a rickety yeah, ass bridge. Yes, it's it's not a it's not a comfortable bridge. Yeah, it looks like it's rigged to fall. It's like, yeah, people can't die this episode. We had two deaths from rock falls last episode. <laughs> so we're safe this time. So uh, so cut now to the lab, where the uh, the machine comes back on and then ejects four cades. Gentlemen, no. behold! <laughs> no... Yeah, too 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 many cades. Yes. Oh, so cut it's... back to the fire station and chaos ensues as the multiple cades get into various sticky situations, including making sandwiches, eating sandwiches, making another sandwich when you think that the <laughs> cade has already left. <laughs> and also, also what's happening to this sandwiches? And also what's happening to this sandwich? <laughs> Also, Danny and Cody are playing video games, yes. and they're wireless. Like you can just have a wireless controller that's just a wireless controller. It doesn't need a weird little antenna on it for you to communicate to the audience that this is a wireless controller. Yeah. Wireless controllers were a well-established thing already when this episode came out. That's weird. Yeah, I don't know why their PlayStation controllers have weird little sci-fi antennas on them. <laughs> But it bothered me. Probably because Doc Green built them. Probably. I, I'm just confused about the sandwich because, like, first Cade, Cade Prime, says he used everything in the refrigerator to make a sandwich, which I took to mean everything in the refrigerator made the sandwich and there's nothing left. Well, but apparently that, he just used a bit of everything. Yeah, I think it just means one of stuff. everything. I was going to say, yeah, he used a sampling of everything. He mm. did that, not that, use the entire contents, but he used one of each thing. He does point out that the spaghetti is under the pudding. Yes, but, but even if you do that, like, you're going to use up all of something in the refrigerator, and yet every other sandwich, I think three or four of them are made... <laughs> look like the same size. Like, they should be getting progressively smaller as they use up something. Like, all the mayo is going to be gone by sandwich three. And no, they, also, just went to the, they just went to the grocery store. It's fully stocked. And also, what's happening to those sandwiches that the hologram cades eat? <laughs> this is a good question. 
Considering Petter, Petty Paws smelled, they must be able to absorb something hard light particles. I don't know. Or like when the, when they like spoilers get disin- get dissipated at the end of the episode. Is it just going to be like a pile of chewed sandwich that falls to the ground? Well, it, it, it's been atomized. There's atomized sandwich <laughs> that fills the air around Cade Prime. <laughs> I was rejoins little, with him. I was a little surprised at the end that it didn't turn out that their energy source was that they were metabolizing the food. Yeah, yeah, it kind of seemed like that. That, that. that should have been the thing. It's like, oh, they were just eating so much food. It was keeping them going. And that- Too many Cades. Also, we, we sort of start to get hints at this point that these duplicate Cades follow animated Starscream rules. Or Very multiplicity much- rules. Yeah, multiplicity was first, but but it's. You know, I guess it is more on multiplicity lines than it is on Starscreams, but it, it's very much in the Starscream mold. Also, somehow, K, multiple Cades are worse than multiple Starscreams. Also, we don't end up with a Lady Cade. No. No, well, I think you need to make a fifth clone to do that. I think that's there were, the fifth there were... one that comes out. That's always the fifth one is the gender swamp. So what five we... or six Starscream clones. Yeah, what we basically get, we get jerk Cade, we get uh, polite Cade, we get smart Cade, and we get extremely stupid Cade. <laughs> yes. I like to call him Kevin, like uh, <laughs> from uh, Ghidorah. Uh, yes. The joke about Ghidorah's... King of the Monsters third head that was derpy. Yes. Itchy, knee, as in one, two, and Kevin. Yes. <laughs> uh, Kevin is still the best thing that has happened to the Transformers, or the Godzilla fandom in forever, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Dumb Kate is amazing. He's the best. He's and like I'll- a golden retriever. <laughs> no, no, he's a Dalmatian. <laughs> Yes, that's that's even better. Yes, thank you. At, at one point, Haley calls him up and asks if if she can talk to him or if she can see him, and says, "No, you can't see me. I'm right here." Bye. <laughs> You're not here. <laughs> also, there, as everyone realizes what's going on, and they're all freaking out. Blades's exclamation is that some, maybe someone put an evil spell on him. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, because like, and they're all talking over each other. I had to re-listen like three or four times to get Chase's line where he's like, I am happy with these behavioral changes. Because he met the nice one. Yes. The, uh, or the smart one. And also Graham is posing for Boulder, who is pointing him in the pose of the uh, sculpture Disco Bolus. Yes. Oh, the discus thrower. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Chase encounters one of the Cades as uh, Chase is uh, giving a quiz on the legal code. Police codes. And, yes, mm. on police codes. And Chase, uh, Cade, answers correctly. And Chase is very impressed. So he wants to, he likes this change. And at one point, one of the Cades is like doing bicep curls with a barbell with one arm and eating a giant sandwich with the other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And the question is, I mean, you could question how it goes with Mr. Pettipaws, but these Cades kind of do seem to be alive. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we get more time with them, and they're talking. They seem like normal people. 
other than each of them is a little bit more of an extreme expression of part of Cade. Cade but yes, yes, there are people, and by the end of the episode, we have to go back to the status quo. These people no longer exist. We have another Tuvok situation on our hands. Oh, or Tuvix. no. Justice for Tuvix. So, uh, so as if anyone uh, following me over on Twitter may have caught brief mentions that uh, during some of my brief downtimes, I have been uh, reading a bunch of old, like, 80s Marvel uh, X stuff. Uh, and I was reading the Fallen Angels miniseries, uh, during the course of which Multiple Man uh, has a couple of his duplicates that feel that they are sufficiently independent and, and don't want to go back into the hole. Uh, and that's definitely what I was thinking of with this episode, was that it was like Multiple Man's duplicates, but... You know, oh, these it, apparently have no problem, and you don't have to restore the status quo by murdering them. Is that where one of the multiples that becomes a priest comes from? No, that's way later in the Peter David uh, ah. X-Factor. Yes. Man, that's such a good book, Peter David X-Factor. Yes. yes. Good old yes, when, are we that, when are we getting that movie? Uh, I want the stupid shit like that. I mean, that would totally be a, a fun TV show. Or, yeah, that 2028. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can wait. <laughs> Same. Well, basically, just adapt more Peter David stuff to series. Yes. And one of the Cades is being very nice to, to Heatwave, and Heatwave says it's creepy. <laughs> yes. yes. So finally, they call it family meeting, trying to figure out what's happening. And what's happening was pretty obvious when five Cades turn up to the family meeting. Yes. Yeah. Maybe you put an evil. Maybe someone put an evil spell on him. <laughs> so they're trying to figure out what's going on. Doc Green calls up to explain, but he can't figure out why uh, they are continuing to exist without a power source. Also, Doc Green points out that, of course, the way that the the duplication machine works, it's not duplicating you, it's duplicating something you think of. So, of course, Cade must have been thinking about himself. Yeah. <laughs> because, of course, he was. <laughs> I believe he refers to them as a colony of Cades. <laughs> yes. But then, of course, Cade is excited because now he can he can have an all Cade basketball team, which hopefully nobody will ask any questions about. No, <laughs> definitely will not be considered to be cheating. And I'm, I'm not sure. At one, at one point, uh, really stupid Cade says, uh, "Sorry, I was thinking about marshmallows." <laughs> yeah, they're they're not all as good at basketball. No. Uh, oh, right. He, they have to pass it to him, and he it just bounces off his chest because he was thinking about marshmallows. <laughs> yes. Heatwave is enjoying this. Yes. And it, it's at this point that they figure out that, uh, you know, he, he does start to get them to work as a team, and they, they figure out that they, this is indeed a multiplicity thing, where each of them has one of Cade's uh, personality traits, and also they're color-coded, as they are, they're all wearing different colored headbands. Or armbands. armbands. Yes. Cade Prime gives each one a color-coded armband so he can keep track of who is who. Cade has become his own Power Rangers team. (laughs) (laughs) 
Alpha, bring me five cades with attitude. <laughs> Except for the fact that, like, he didn't make himself red. He just isn't wearing any armband. I mean, he's sort of red by default. Well, I guess he's that, mean, that makes him the White Ranger. Oh, that's fair. Okay, so, the, so there's an emergency. They have to uh, go tend to this uh, broken gas main. And so they, they all go. Every rescue bot gets a cade. And that goes so badly. <laughs> Blades likes his. He wants to keep them. Yes. Yes. Well, keep one, but then angry Cade, red Cade, almost causes them all to die yes. in a car crash. So they all get taken back via Blades, which means you have a blade, a Blades full of Cades. <laughs> Cades is not, in, or Blades is not enjoying that. No, no he is not. So it was the longest flight of his life. <laughs> And also, Haley has turned up looking for an apology, and Cade, initially he's going to have nice Cade do it, but then he realizes, you know, these are all my personality aspects, so everything they can do, I can do. Yeah. And like, so somehow be distracted he, thinking about marshmallows. And somehow he does not blow her. Marshmallows. <gasps> Miraculously. Learning to believe in himself. Meanwhile, back at the broken gas main, everything is on fire. <laughs> yes, everything goes bad. They get surrounded by a burning ring of fire. And then we power up and energize, because we still got to sell those toys. We yes. try that, but that doesn't work. They, they do multiple things. It's, it's a new season. A, we still got to sell those toys, though. They're still on the shelf. And so for a second, and so we, we do find out that they are each holding a copy of that donut. And for a second, I did indeed think they were somehow being powered by this donut. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Makes a lot more sense. I was absolutely wondering where we were going with the donut thing, and whether that place we were going was donut power. Or, or at least thinking like Doc Green made a magic donut that produces electricity or something. <laughs> it would make as much sense as oh, my communicator sparks a little bit, and it's not just that it has a battery in it, and they're using that as a charge. It's because it's sparking. Which means it should be losing electricity. Uh, I would make a magic donut. Magic donut. And power things. So they, you know, things are going real badly, so all of the Cades have to go help. It is a crew, is an is an all, is a fire truck entirely crewed by Cades. Yes, they get that old-fashioned fire truck that they've had sitting around, that Heat Wave replaced, and they are all, and the uh, dumb Cade has his tongue hanging out like a dog. Yes. <laughs> As he rides on the side. It's the happiest day of his life. It's the only day of his life. <laughs> yes. he, he lived his life like a cadenal in the wind. No. Sure. No. Yes. But no. Uh, so the, the, the cades come to the rescue. They save the day. They put out the fire. But alas, it is now time for them all to die. Except for the real kid. Yes, because taking away his communicator won't murder him. No, try not to think about whether they're really alive or not, because... I am going to try my best, because, man, this is these are some ethical questions that this episode is not going not to address. Prepared. Nope. But at least, at least it's easier to forgive the, these deep and strange ethical questions about... Cloning and, and what is life 
in a cartoon for little children where it doesn't really matter. As opposed to that Tuvix episode of Star Trek Voyager where they shouldn't even have done that episode. <laughs> like, there's there's nothing right with that. Oh, plus, I like Tuvix. Listen, Janeway, Janeway did it. She would do it again. Yes. <laughs> Which she, The actress doubled down. I, I like Kate Mulgrew <laughs> saying, yeah, I'd do it again. <laughs> Listen, I didn't even think it would bring back uh, Tuvok and uh, Neelix. I just wanted to get rid of him. Yeah. <laughs> you just didn't like him. She uh, just wanted to be rid of him. So, you know, Cade says that, you know, even though the other Cades are gone, they'll still be here in my heart. But You'll be in my heart. And but, in this donut. Yes, but Time nobody else thinks that he's going to pass the pass the ball, no matter what. No. Uh, and so, yeah, that is too many Cades. I enjoyed this one a lot because Cade is the worst, and more of him <laughs> are even worster. I think it's interestingly bad. always interesting, and I know this isn't the first time that's happened, but I, it's always interesting when we have an episode of... It, it's it's usually in rescue bots where it's just basically an episode that's centered around one of the human cast members. Yes, yeah. like that's entirely based on one of that's based on their quirks or their personality stuff, and so that's it's interesting to have that. But yeah, it's a good episode. Mm. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, and then the robots have to deal with these quirky little humans. Yes, which which is fun. It, it it's like. And of course, it has to be Cade that gets multiplied because who else are you going to do it to, where it would be as interesting and as annoying and funny? <laughs> I, I mean, mean, I guess I... you could do Cody, maybe, but or you could do Heat Wave. Multiple Heat Waves? Well, multiple robots would be interesting. Oh, now I want a Mirror Universe episode with with copies of the robots. Or where, where Chase is obsessed with breaking the law. <gasps> yeah. Oh man, shattered M- glass rescue bots. Much like McCavity, he's broken every human law. <laughs> <laughs> and and Blades is just G one Blades. Yes. yes. Heat Wave is like a like a real milquetoast nerd. Hmm. Oh man. Boulder is a constructicon. Uh, yeah, I think, I think no. Boulder Boulder would be like. Uh, like the the angrier incarnations of the Hulk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, you couldn't make him mix or fix it because he's already basically Mister Fix It. And the then all the violent. humans are just on the take. <laughs> <laughs> all the humans are a cab. <laughs> uh, the the only uh, decent people in town are the uh, the mayor who is. Uh, it was a beacon of democracy and Huxley Prescott, crusading journalist. Oh, and man. underground revolutionary Morocco. Oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> yes. Wow. But how would any of this get started with Shattered Glass Doc Green being a perfectly reasonable scientist who does not <laughs> do dangerous things? He wouldn't be a scientist is the thing. Uh, he, so he who's going to do all the science? 
I don't, his daughter? I don't know. His daughter's already science. I don't know. Someone's got to do the science. The science can't just go undone. Well, obviously, the uh, it would be the the regular Doc Green who would open the portal. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Dragging oh. the much more responsible Doc Green into all the trouble. Yes. All so it's right. a wonderful idea. I hope no one ever writes it because Shattered Glass Rescue Bots it would be handled so badly. Probably. Considering how odd Shattered Glass is now, anyway. It's supposed to be a joke, guys. Alright, so I believe that now brings us to David's <sighs> Tokusetsu Corner. Yes, if my throat will hold out because it's not happening. So right whose parents die this week? Nobody. Uh, this week on Ghostface Sentai, Die Ranger, uh, disbanding for real, for really real, for real. Oh man. Okay. Uh, the Rangers try to go back to their little basement hideout, which is sort of like the turtle layer, but not in a sewer. But the the doorway is gone because there's a trick to open it that they figure out later. But it's just a brick wall. It's like. Oh no, we can't get into our hideout because Master Kaku has joined the Gorma again. Because he's their staff sergeant or, or staff manager or human resources or something for the Gorma. And, and now he's in this bright red armor that has like a Cyclops eye, but he put a, puts a mask on. So, And he, he has a loyal retainer that who's never showed up before, who's also... A bad guy, Gorma, who could, it looks like a normal guy, but could turn into a monster who's green. Me too. And it just, and because they both only have a single eye, you have a red and a green. It's like, wait, is, is this a, does he go three times faster now? Is this a Gundam reference? Is he a char? <laughs> and he's a char. So he's all about, like, yeah, I'm back with the Gorma, and the Die Rangers are disbanded, and, and the Gorma are not going to attack Earth anymore. Things are going to be peaceful. Why are you laughing over Taffy? But he's, he's also Mom. got his loyal retainer guy, whose name I never found out, going around town sticking, like, antennas in the ground on the roof of a building. So the Die Rangers show up. It's like, what's this monster guy doing? And then Master Kaku shows up and takes off his mask and says, Hey, I'm a bad guy, kind of, but not really, I'm not bad. And the Rangers are like, what the fuck? And then he's like, okay, we've done everything. I, I made a promise to the bad guys. We're going to stop fighting. No more fighting. You guys don't need to fight. Go back to your old lives. The Die Rangers are disbanded. And they're all like, you can't disband us. We would have to disband ourselves. That's not how That's the not situation how You can't make promises for us that we can't fulfill because we're the individual. What the fuck? And Mr. Kaku's like, disband! And, and they're like, no. So whatever, they disappear. The Rangers they'll have meeting. It's like, what the fuck? We, we have to find Mr. Kaku and try to convince him to not do this or whatever. Eh. And, th and then the monster shows up to set up another antenna or something. The rangers are following the monster because he's not attacking anything. He's just walking around through a dockyard to plant an antenna. And then the cops show up. Oh, yeah, the cops exist in this world. I did forget. I think there was a previous episode where the, the rangers were accused of murdering somebody. Unless that was the last series. 
<laughs> but like the cops just don't exist. It's a thing you don't think about. But but all cops are bastards, of course. And these bastards shoot at the monster who's not doing anything. <laughs> you just break out guns in Japan. I mean, admittedly, on a weekly basis, monsters are showing up and fucking with Japan. But this one's just walking through town. The rangers haven't done anything, so the cops show up and shoot them. But then the monster just like yeets them around because like hey, you can't. Shoot me with your little guns? I'm a monster. But then, then, because he's tossed the cops around, the rangers like, wait a minute. Okay, we got to transform and fight the monster, of course. Uh. Meanwhile, Kaku goes to because Kull and and their turtle friend who turns into a giant turtle Megazord were told to stay in Pink's apartment. You you stay here. Don't get in trouble. Whatever. Well, the rangers are out doing shit. And then Master Kaku shows up as, as those two are leaving her apartment. It's like, oh, the, the rangers are fighting monster. We got to help. And then Master Kaku says, give me your balls. What? Well, they, they, they call what lily balls or something. The things that help them summon their, yeah, they summon the zords. And he's like, give me the balls. And, and then the turtle guy's like, okay, you can have my turtle ball. And then, and then, Ko, give me your balls. It's like, no, my ball. And then Ko runs away and whatever. Cut back to the rangers are fighting the monster. And then the narrator interrupts about this, talking about, oh, what's going to happen with the rangers and Kaku and stuff. And there's no giant monster of the week fight. No robot to be continued. Not a lot happens in this episode other than Kaku walking around in his red armor. And setting up for the next arc, the final arc, I guess, of the series. But so much happens last episode that <laughs> I can be forgiven. Like, rocks fall, fell, people died. Lots of dying. There's lots of dying before. Okay. Yes. So that's done. <sighs> the end. Yes. Justice for two things. <laughs> All right. I really like that actor. I can't. I, I know I've seen him in something else, but it's like th- that episode will forever stick in my head as the best worst episode of Star Trek, All which right. has nothing to do with the show. Yes. <laughs> All right, so that is that does it for us for this week. We'll be back next week with more Rescue Bots. Until then, uh, you can find us all over the internet. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook, and we have a Patreon. Yes, we are hosted on iaconunderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up to help with hosting and other expenses. That is patreon.com slash iaconunderground. Uh, for July, uh, we went with Doctor Strange into the Multiverse of Madness. And for August, I'm, I'm liking this uh, She-Hulk episode of the uh, Incredible Hulk cartoon idea. I think that that sounds like a winner. Listen, you, you Especially guys, if it's wildly inappropriate. You are perhaps not prepared for what's going to happen in this episode. <laughs> Good. I will do my best to not prepare so that I am even more aghast and shocked. Okay, then. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of this. I enjoy this. I want to be concerned. <laughs> All right. So uh so until next time when we encounter a phantom of the sea and 
find that our hearts will indeed go on. Oh, no. I'm Rob. Near, far, wherever we are? <laughs> I'm Jen, and I have still never actually watched the movie Titanic. <gasps> Gasp! And I'm David. This was episode 316 that just whooped you. Oh. Boy, uh, speaking of movies, speaking of things that maybe weren't appropriate for uh, uh, young Rob to see in 1997. <laughs> oh, yeah, you were much younger than we were. Well, it's only Boobies. just that one scene. Well, okay, a couple scenes. Yeah. Boobies. Mm. There's some boobies. I've heard. I haven't actually seen it. Like, everybody's seen that movie. Well, I haven't. You know what I've seen is lots and lots of two-tape VHS copies of it. That's what I've seen. Because it was so long, it was on two tapes.